Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn growers are fueling research and initiatives that build a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. The Minnesota Corn Podcast introduces you to the individuals who are shaping future ag practices, identifying new markets, and promoting agriculture with the non-farming public. Our guest for this episode is Candy Hirsch, a professor at the University of Minnesota working in maize genetics and genomics. Candy, get our listeners up to speed on some of the work that you've been doing around grain durability and composition. Yeah, so we, it's really exciting um, work that we're doing and really impactful work. So um, as breeders have tried to increase yields, um, one of the products of that is a change in the composition of the grain where we have uh, more starch and less protein in the grain. And what that does um, is starch is a, is a less expensive energy uh, molecule for the plant to make. And so you can have higher yields, but it's um, it is creates a, a durability issue with the grain where as it's being moved and transported, um, it can get cracked and different things because it's not as hard as it would be if it had more protein in it. And so um, over the decades of corn breeding, there has been a decline in durability as yields have been pushed more. And so we are trying to tackle this issue and see what all has happened to decrease durability. What are ways that we can improve durability? Um, and so we're looking at this from a number of different ways. We're looking at grain composition. We're taking um, commercial hybrids that have been grown over the last um, 50 decades and looking at what has changed in the ways that they respond to the environment, the composition of them, um, and their durability. And then we're also doing some work with growers around the state um, where we're asking them to actually send us samples of their harvested grain so that we can run our durability assay on it and then look to see how different weather conditions around the state and um, their growing conditions, the hybrids they plant, the shapes of the kernels, the composition of them, all these things, um, we can put those into a model and try to understand um, grain durability. Candy, I have to tell you, this seems like an enormous undertaking. Uh, a lot of different directions we could go based on your description there, but I guess what came to mind for me, farmers are always chasing yield, and that has sort of driven this with genetics, as you talked about, with more starch content, less protein content. Uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but but where do you see this study and studies like it sort of taking the industry? Yeah, so yield is what drives everything, right? We Growers want to have higher and higher yields. That's better uh, for them and their bottom line. But that can come at a cost, like I said. So if the durability decreases, then the grade that the corn gets at, you know, the final point of sale can decrease. And, and then there's actually a, a cost to that. And so we have to think about how we balance everything, just like we think about how we balance um, disease pressures and resistance to disease pressures and a yield protection. Now we have to say, okay, we got this yield and we want to protect it on the other side. Um, and so we want to do this without a yield penalty. So, um, you know, not necessarily changing the composition of the endosperm, but can we think about other things like the thickness of the pericarp layer on the outside of the kernel that may 
increased durability or, you know, um, things like that, or how the grain packages that starch and protein and the, the matrix of those molecules that may not necessarily change the energy that's required to make it and the, their, you know, the composition of it, but how it's arranged in the kernel. Is that maybe a way that um, we see increased durability in some um, grain versus others? So um, certainly we, you know, always are thinking about yield because that is so important, but we have to protect yield and we have to protect the yield that we've gotten um, and still make it economically viable. And your focus is on the, the grain itself and the genetics, but have we seen some advancements from a grain handling perspective that, that sort of alleviate some of this concern? Yeah, certainly there is a lot of work that's being done on just mechanics of transport so that the grain is, is not moving as into as many different containers and those containers are more, um, climate stable and different things like that to make it so that there is as little chance for damage to the grain. And so that's a whole different area of research and of, you know, development in the um, kind of value chain of where corn moves through. Um, and so we're focused more on the genetics and how we can make the grain as durable as it can to go into those um, new methods, like I said, the containers, the amount of times that it is actually moved from one container to another and that kind of stuff. Well, let's come back to your call to action for farmers at the beginning. You're, you're looking for samples to be sent in. Walk us through that process. Yeah. So what we are hoping for this year is to basically get a statewide experiment and we can't grow corn everywhere in the state. And so we are um, leaning on and hoping to partner with all of the growers around the state. And the idea is that at harvest, we want a gallon Ziploc bag or a canvas bag we, that we can ship to you uh, filled with grain from a particular field and then some information about it. What was the location that that field was at? What was the previous crop? Maybe what inputs that you put in? So we have some of that information that we can include in our model. And then we the idea is that we will run durability assays on it, as well as a ton of different um, other assays to evaluate every attribute of the grain and use that to model durability and the factors that contribute to it. And so the more samples we get, the better model that we can develop. And so we're hoping as many growers as possible around the state will, will be willing to contribute to this. I'm curious about seed companies and the significance of their cooperation or collaboration in this study. Where are we at in that regard? So certainly this is something that seed companies also have to think about, just like they are thinking about disease resistance, abiotic, biotic stresses. They're thinking about uh, lodging. You know, they're thinking about all these different things. Durability is one of those things. Um, we are not currently tapping into their experiments because most of that is um, is pre-release varieties. And so that a lot of it is stuff that's gonna get thrown out for a myriad of reasons. And so we really wanna focus on those hybrids that make it through to being 
commercial products, meaning that they have made it through a lot of the different steps um, with regard to yield and um, and stand and these sorts of things, and then evaluate them specifically on the durability and kind of take that um, that point of view from it. Something else that comes to mind for me, we hear a lot of talk about our competitors in South America and the U.S. trying to keep that competitive advantage. And to me, the durability of the grain that we're producing and shipping around the world is a really critical selling point if we want to stay ahead of Brazil and Argentina. Yep. And that, um, if you look at the U.S. grain report and compare that to worldwide grain reports, we that's that's why we're doing this work. It's critical as we're shipping to to various markets that we actually maintain high quality, durable grain. Um, if we ship it and what comes there in a in a container is a pile of starch that's not in you know in the grain anymore, that's not going to keep us competitive. What does your timetable look like as you continue? this study? When should we expect some updates? And just give us sort of a timeline if you could. Yeah. So this the um, this fall, we're hoping to receive all those samples from around the state, um, from all of our um, cooperating growers. And then we'll be running all those assays through the, the winter and doing our modeling. And um, it's an iterative process. So we'll, we'll do this over another year for sure. Um, but we're hoping after this first season to already start to see some of those patterns emerging about um, what kinds of, of traits are showing up as as being really particularly important in our in our modeling. And, and that's why we really want it from around the state. We know this summer in particular has been um, really extreme and where what you know what weather patterns have gone through different parts of the state. And so we have a lot of rain that's hit parts of the state no rain that's hit other parts of the state. And so um, we have a lot of variability in the um, in the grain that comes in, which means that after one year, we, we feel like we'll already be able to start um, our initial modeling. And this is very scientific and the science of it all, Candy, I don't even know some of the right questions to ask, but maybe good to stay sort of high level for the farmers that are listening. Anything else, though, that, that we haven't covered regarding this that you think is really important? You know, I think at this point, we don't know what what traits are going to be important. We know things that have changed over time. We know that protein has decreased, starch has increased. We don't know a lot of other things. And so that's we're trying to take this as uh, as blank of a slate as possible and really think about holistically what are all of the traits that may be important. Like I said, from the shape of the kernel to how fast it dried down in the field, the weather parameters that happened throughout the entire growing season that it was exposed to. Um, and so um, I guess for the growers, I would just say we're really we're trying to tackle this and trying to understand what we can do to maintain that durability and still keep those yields high for them. And um, we're excited to be doing this work. Where should our listeners go if they'd like to follow along? Um, on our project website, um, 
There is information on there, hirschlab.cfans.umn.edu. That'd be a great place to, to see. And then um, we also um, communicate a lot of our findings right through the Research and Promotion Council. And with that, as we close, just a, a quick mention, we're speaking on behalf of Minnesota Corn today, and I'm sure that their support means an awful lot as you continue this work. Certainly, we couldn't do it without without the support of the Minnesota Corn Growers Association and the Research and Promotion Council. We're so appreciate, appreciative of the checkoff dollars that um, are being used to fund and support this work. And, um, and thank you to the growers that are trusting us to do this work. To learn more about research supported by Minnesota Corn, visit mncorn.org.